bang, bang. There she is, the queen of client success, sales, all things traffic. Tyler, what's going on, girl? How you doing? I can't complain. In Colombia, living a good life. Every cup of coffee I drink is an actual cup of Colombian coffee. So I'm caffeinated and dangerous. That's what I like to hear. So do you want to kind of tell us, tell us a little bit about your experience, introduce yourself a little bit here? Yeah, happily. I'm Tyler, everybody. Um, yeah, got my start in sales, working with an eight-figure company, kind of thrown to the wolves in that, like it's, it's do or die, sink or swim. Um, so did that for a while. It was awesome. Learned a ton about sales, business, scaling, all the fun things. Transitioned over into a client success role for a company that trains sales reps. Did that for a hot minute. It was super fun. That's where I really got into coaching sales, which I love. Uh, left out of there and then started scaling businesses with people. So like coaching coaches who coach the coaches on coaching coaches, you know, we all do it. Um, but helping coaches and consultants who get incredible client results, but have a hard time pulling a credit card, teaching them how to build sales systems and processes. And just recently rejoined the nine to five world by joining RCA, Remote Closing Academy. I'm a sales coach there. So I'm coaching anywhere from 80 to 300 clients at a time on how to be badass closers. That's very freaking cool. Very freaking cool. How long have you been doing this for? Doing sales? Yeah. My whole life. That's what I like to hear. David. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's what I like to hear. Awesome. Yeah. So don't really have a plan for this, but um, I guess we can kind of just kind of just go at it. So I guess, all right, let me, let me ask you this. My first question, uh, and we do have some people that, that are going to be dropping in some questions as well. Um, what, what's your pre-planning strategy? So I know that this is so important um, when it comes to, you know, just knowing who you're going to talk to. Now, this could be like on a, on a larger scale where you have an appointment after appointment or on a smaller scale where you know who you're going to have a call with and you've had a conversation with them, a deep conversation, so you know them. What are some things and some mistakes that people do when it comes to pre-planning one of their sales calls? Yeah, I think the biggest mistake is not pre-planning at all. Like having no idea, flying blind, right? You have no idea who you're talking to, what their issue is. Um, That's more for like if someone fills out an application. So I would say that's the biggest thing to avoid is like you need to know their name and how to pronounce it. You should probably have some sort of idea of who you're speaking to, are they relevant to your offer? Do they, did they fill out an application? What did it say? Like, go read it. You don't have to go over the things that they already told you. And you really should on your sales calls be speaking to them from a place of already knowing some of those details about them. Um, so definitely like do your research, do your homework. But other pre-planning strategies, I mean, I think that a lot of the times people get caught up in um yeah, they get caught up either they don't do any research, they have no idea who they're talking to, they're flying blind, or they get caught up in thinking they need to know every single detail about a person ever. And they like reference their wife's name or something on the phone, which is just freaking weird. Like, don't be a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you know the guy. So yeah, I mean, pre-planning, important. Is it the world's most important? Like, is that something you should stress about? No. Is it something that you should definitely put some time towards? hundred percent. 
Don't mm-hmm. know if that answers your question. What's your pre-planning routine? That's a good question. Um, usually, so what we'll do is we we definitely have a conversation in Messenger. So we'll look back at the conversation, do a quick skim. Uh, and we have an automated process that every time they book a call, it takes a lot of the information that they've filled out uh, through Calendly and it puts it into the Trello board, which is our CRM currently that we use. Um, so we'll, we'll refresh through there. So that gets us good information about the person. The second thing that we'll do is everyone's got to have a script. Um, and as we know, the script is just a framework to follow through. It's not just a word for word kind of thing. And that's something that I do want to get into uh, with you here in a bit. Um, it's, it's more of a framework uh, that gives you guidance on how to direct the call. So we'll refresh on that. Um, it depends how long you haven't had a sales call for, if it's been 24 hours, if it's been two years, always got to refresh. Um, the other thing is that you always have to refresh your mind to go in with the mentality that you're a doctor and you're here to help them. And you're not taking, you're not like there for the sale. You're there to figure out what problem that they need. And you always have to remember that because people get so caught up in like, got to close this, got to close this, got to close this, you know, painful or, you know, one call close, like, listen, figure out what their problem is. And can you help them as simple as it is? And everyone knows this, but like, just keep it super simple. So that's basically, that's basically the, the mentality that we go in with. I love that. I love that. I also love the idea. Like, um, I think you should remind yourself of abundance before every phone call. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't need this. I don't need this to close. I'm thrilled if this closes because it means I have another opportunity to serve someone else and solve their problems, but I don't need this to close. This ultimately is not going to be life or death. This isn't determining whether or not there's a roof over my head. There's money everywhere. Money is energy and it's flowing happily towards me. Um, so there I definitely there's like some routines for finding ways to like remember abundance and dial into that mindset. And then also mm-hmm. just remembering like one of the things I literally do before every sales call is I, in my head, I go through the three roles of sales. Are you familiar with the three roles of sales? Yes. You want to read them I'll out? Them. I'll go over them for the crew. This is something that I preach on, but like rule number one is I'm always going to do what's best for the prospect. Always. Rule number two, what's best for the prospect, oftentimes is going to lie outside of their comfort zone. Rule number three, I know that the prospect is going to fight like hell to stay in their comfort zone. Yeah. I'll revert back to one and I'll continue to do the hard thing for my prospects. And so I literally just before calls will just be like, okay, one, one, two, three, got it. Just to remind myself that like, I'm here to fight for them, not to fight them. And there's a huge difference. So putting yourself in this space of what do I need to do to serve my prospect well? Is it, um, I mean, is it going to be a battle? I'm happy to do it for them. Is it going to be easy peasy? I'm happy to do that for them. But whatever it's going to be, whatever is going to take care of them, I want to be ready to do it from a place of love, from a place of abundance, from a place of service for them. And that also keeps you from, being like a sharky, aggressive, terrifying, a-hole salesman, you know, like on the phone and you're having to have a hard time doing it from a place of love, um, is what negates being a jerk. And so that's huge. Those are some of the things that I like to think of. I wasn't really thinking in the mindset of what you were talking about when you asked me that question, but yeah, yeah, definitely mindset hacks are the game. Also have water. I always drink water before, you know, you gotta be hydrated. Put your chapstick on, 
So you're not distracted during the call, have your notes ready. You're um, making me subconscious of everything. <laughs> you're like, wow, my lips are suddenly very Mine just got really dry too. Um, but so yeah, just be in a space or in a head space where you can really serve people well mm-hmm. and do that on purpose. Yeah, no, uh, it's the water thing. It's funny, five minutes before I got on the, the phone with you, I was, I was choking up water. So I was I was like, shit, this is how we're going to start. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, another important thing that I'm definitely going to start implementing for a strategy pre-call, reviewing client success and past wins. Because one thing Hermosi talks about, as we all know, the king of business here, um, is when you, now this is on, on a broader scale of things, is uh, when you take your client success and your sales team, you let them meet and discuss what's going on with the sales and the performance of the clients. The client success is going to basically rub off the success rates into the sales team. And now the sales team has much higher conviction when they go into these calls saying like, Oh, like, you know, today, John just closed in, you know, another $20,000 deal. Like I know you can do that as well. Right. So if you can build your conviction, pre-sales call by reviewing client results. People, people will sense your conviction and your closing rate will just skyrocket through the roof, right? Obviously it may not be instantly, but I'm not claiming that you're going to close a million dollar deal here, but you will have a much higher conviction within your, your offer, within your product, your service, and people will smell that. And that's what makes, that's what makes sales so much easier. makes it so much better because of the conviction that people have. So I love that. I love that too. And um, one of the things that I do, so now I'm I'm not selling so much when I'm selling, like if I'm on sales calls now, it's either selling my own services, which is like sales systems and coaching implementation, that kind of thing. Um, or sometimes I'll, I'll step in and do sales for someone for like a launch or something like that right now. Mm-hmm. But so now, right now I'm in like this client success kind of coaching role. Right. And I've really found a lot of fun and it honestly fills my cup to be able to encourage my sales team. Um, and what I do by that is that when we get a great testimonial, you know, when someone in our, our program uh, lands the job of their dreams and they got their first 10K commission check and they are stoked, um, I will go in and I have a formula that I use. I'll go into like our Slack channel for client wins or sometimes I go right to the closer. So this is for, you know, anyone on CS or maybe business owners who want to encourage your sales reps. But I just make a little post and I'll be like, so-and-so, this client got X result. Mm-hmm. Um, this salesperson brought them in, fought for them, gave them this opportunity. And this is the coach that helped lead them the way through. Yeah, And that is like, it is like a adrenaline shot to the heart of the sales team. Every time I drop one of those, everyone is like, Whoa, we love it. Yeah. Because it's like, I all I did, I took two minutes to handcraft this win specific. I put a bow on it and delivered it to the closer and was like, you've changed uh-huh. my life today. Um, and it one makes me happy to do because I like to encourage people like that's fun to me. Yeah. Um, but it's been cool just because of how much it really does encourage the closers. So if you're a business owner, uh, maybe you're NCS, if you have closers who are working under you, or maybe you're the closer, take that framework and like one, remind them here are these wins and like you are responsible for helping this person access this transformation. But even if you're the one doing the sales, like you gotta, like, I'm a big fan of like, there's a lot of shit you shouldn't dwell on, but you've got to dwell on the good shit. You have to, you have to remind yourself 
why you're doing what you're doing and who you're serving and whose lives they're changing through what you've given them. Um, and that is one of the best ways to make sure that you don't lose like the, the sauce the moolah. when you're, when you're <laughs> walking through the sales world. Yeah. You can get monotonous. Like it can, it can get old and exhausting fighting with people on the phones um, mm-hmm. or every day. So you gotta, Interesting. you gotta dwell on what matters. Yeah, for sure. Love yeah. it. So um, we got some people uh, viewing us here. Um, my next question is going to be the actual framework, the sales breakdown. What let's, let's start with the foundation of it. Um, a lot of people get this kind of mixed up. I mean, you got your script, you got your framework and all that stuff, but what are some misconceptions that people have about sales scripts, frameworks, and all that when it, when specifically, um, when it comes to the actual sales call? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest misconceptions I see, um, one, and this is especially for people who are new into sales is being so stuck on a script on what I'm supposed to say next, that you're not able to flex your emotional intelligence and dodge and weave and dance through the call. Mm. Um, so that's super common. You know, people saying like, here are the questions I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask them in this order. No matter what the prospect says, I will not deviate from this. And that is the quickest way to like, just served up lame canned sales calls um, where things are not interesting, where you, things don't get emotional, where you don't really get to the heart of pains, goals, strengths, weakness, weaknesses, all the good stuff. Um, so definitely learning how to emotionally, intelligently dance through the conversation. And so that's, you know, what I like to tell my students, especially is this sales call is essentially like you're in a vehicle and you've got a destination that you want to get to. There's a lot of different ways to get there and you don't know mm-hmm. what's going to be the road. So you don't know what's going to be required of you to bump this way, to merge this way, to shift, to go faster, to go slower. Um, but if you're so stuck with the idea that there's only a one, there's one right way to do it. It's it, this script is like the Holy grail of these are the words I have to say or else uh, you're going to miss so much depth that you could get from the call. So I'd say that's the biggest foundational issue is people legitimately leaning on a script, like a script. You gotta lean on it as an, a conversation outline, a conversation structure. Like if you're building a house, there's a couple key elements that super, super matter. You know, you gotta have the foundation, you gotta have the walls, whatever, but like what's going on inside the house, Can you can change it, you can roll with it. I don't think that was a good analogy for this at all, but I just wanna <laughs> Um, <laughs> that one didn't fly, but anyways, it's, it's definitely getting stuck on looking at it as a script is the biggest issue that I see the most frequently. Um, what was the question I got lost? What's, what's some misconceptions on outlines and scripts? Mm-hmm. I think, I think you covered it though, because yeah. especially when I was starting out in sales, it's like, you have to read this word for word. And then it's like, you're thinking about reading it properly. And then you don't sound good. You sound like you're stuttering and it's like, what do you do? But yeah, no, I, and it definitely does come with experience. Um, and with experience, uh, one, one thing that I've gotten over this limiting belief, is just a limiting mindset of like lack of abundance of sales calls. And, you know, at first when I, when I put in the system where, you know, you consistently have sales calls coming in, 
you you start to think it's like oh like i don't want to waste this call i want to try and make it good i want to try and close it and you don't want to be pushy you don't want to test the tactics and you don't want to push them to their limits and you don't see your full potential but because you're in the the mindset of like i have to stay strict to this you know i there's not a lot of sales calls coming in. It's just going to restrict you and it's going to take you off a track. It's going to lose your focus and you're not going to be smooth. You're not going to feel, you're not going to sound convicted, right? And what you're doing, and it's, it's just not going to work out the way you want. I mean, you can have a 5% close rate, right? If that's what you're okay with, then that's fine, right? But the like one thing that, again, that really helped me is just the mindset of abundance. Like you can, you will have sales calls. And you should test them out and you should test different things on your outline and switch the different things around. Don't read a word for word like you talked about, right? But just don't have that that limiting belief. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it just, I think that one of the things, especially in like the discovery, this is where I see the most common. I mean, people, I cannot tell you how many calls I've reviewed where it's like you had seven questions that you were going to ask no matter what the prospect said, you were going to ask the next question. And like, you missed so much gold that would have been so useful throughout the call, just because you couldn't react and, and move fluidly. And so even mm-hmm. like, for example, with, uh, with my students over at RCA, one of the things that, especially in like a setting, like triage calls, setter conversations, one of the things that it drives me crazy <coughs> When your prospect brings up money, start asking about their money. You don't have to wait until a certain point in the call to say, and now how much are we trying to replace a month? It's like, no, if you're like, well, what's your goal? And the guy's like, man, I'm just freaking tired of being poor and I want to make 10K. Like, all right, man, well, like, what are you making right now? Who cares when the script says you're supposed to ask about the money? If you hear a trigger, if he brings up the money, dig in, ask about that. You know, ask, what are you making right now? Well, what's stopping you from getting there? What's um, what's keeping you stuck? What would you do with 10K if you had it? Like there's a billion questions you could ask that could take it in any different direction, right? Sales calls are a lot like a choose your own adventure. You know, mm-hmm. those like, you know what I'm talking about? Like the virtual reality things where like yeah. you go and then you have two options and you choose one and everything is different. I think Netflix did yeah. some choose your own adventures this past year and it was pretty cool. But I mean, sales calls are like that. Like there's not a one size fits all. There's not a concrete path that you have to walk or else you're not going to close the deal. Um, I mean, there's some definite no's that it's like, please, for the love of God, don't do that. But when it comes to discovery and digging and the questioning, that is a, like, it's all the game. The fun of the game is the fact that you get to do what you want with it and you get to make something beautiful out of whatever the prospect offers you. Yeah. Um, And so that's, oh man, it irks my nerves whenever people are so stuck on the script and it's just like your script really could be seven bullet pointed words. That's all you like intro frame call discovery transition pitch offer objection handle close. Like that's it from Mm -hmm. there do what you need to do. You know what you're selling, you know how to serve people. So go figure out, do they have a problem that you can fix? Are they aware of it? How aware are they? Make them as aware as possible. Do they want your help right now? And are they going to be able to afford it? Go, you know, 
Mm -hmm. Interesting. I love it. Um, so you, you and I talked uh, a while back about the discovery. Discovery is so, so important. Actually, before we get into the discovery, let's talk about the intro, the reason that they're on the call. You and I talked about this and why it's so important and the consequences of missing this part in the call. Do you want to talk about that? Can I, can I rat on you? Is that okay? You can go for it. Can I you as an example. Sure. Go for it. All right. Cause I remember, I do remember that was the first time that we'd ever done a call review together and mm -hmm. you sent the call and you get on this call with this guy and he just, he's just like, not sure why he's there. He was very unsure of what was happening the whole time anyways. Um, but at the end of the call, like you give the pitch and he's like, wait, this is a sales call. He was surprised that he was on a sales call. He was not expecting yeah. that. And so when we came back to the, to do our call review, the big takeaway was we have got to frame the call. So your prospect should know exactly why they're on the phone with you. I want to say that this does not mean that you're saying, Hey, this is a sales call. Just so you know, that's how not to frame a call. <laughs> Um, but what framing the call is, is where you're saying, Hey, so like the reason we're going to meet today, or here's what the flow of this call is going to look like. All right, David. So here's what I'm wanting to do today. Honestly, I want to chat a bit about what you've got going on in business. I know, um, you know, you've told me a little bit about business. You've got some consistent calls coming in. We're not closing a ton of them. It's totally fine. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Um, and I definitely, you know, I've trained a lot of people, so I'm 100% going to have some, some thoughts and feedback to get you. If the way the call goes, we get to a point where I think, yeah, like us working together on this could be a good next step. I'm going to tell you exactly what that looks like. If not, I promise you're leaving here with a plan. Might be a book, might be a buddy of mine who's a better coach in this field, um, might be just an action step or a YouTube video. I might send you to Alex Ramosi, but that's kind of how this is going to roll. Is that cool? And so there, you know, even this is kind of two part one, you know, where the conversation is going. Like, you know, if we arrive to a spot where I realize this is going to be a good fit for us to work together, I am then going to be told about a product or a service that's going to help me. The second thing that this does is, especially when you end it with, is that fair? Sound cool? Are we good? They say yes. They are giving you permission to ask them questions subconsciously in their brain they're not going to be like I'm giving permission but subconsciously they're giving you the permission to question their life their wallet their habits their thought processes um, their pains their goals and so when you start digging deep they're not going to be like why are you asking all these questions they're going to know because you told them when you framed the call so yeah you got better at that I think framing yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm just having PTSD from that. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. It's, yeah, no, it's uh, it 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 uh, inspired some fire organic for me. So yeah, good, <laughs> thank you. <good. laughs> no, it's it's so important. Um, it's kind of like, what's a good analogy? I can I can kind of put this in. Um, like you like you're going to the store, but you don't have a list of anything to buy. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of just blindsiding things um, for you and for them. And, you know, it just sets the agenda. Um, and here's the thing. A lot of people are also going to be afraid that saying like, hey, this is a sales call. Like you can say that, right? You're being honest with them. I mean, 
you know, as long as it's in a benefit for them, you could say something like, Hey, you know, just to be clear, this is a sales call. Um, if I feel like I can help you, I will do so. And if I feel like I can't, then I'll just send you to somewhere else or someone else. Right. So at least you're being upfront and honest with them so that they don't kind of catch you or you don't catch them off guard at the end. And then you go into the pitch and it's like, wait, I didn't really have the intention to buy anything right now. You know what I mean? And I've definitely made that mistake multiple times, but Hey, we're always learning. We're always, uh, we're always growing here. So yeah. awesome. So we don't have any current new questions here, but let's keep the ball rolling. I don't know how long I kind of want to do this for, but we're, we're jamming pretty well right now. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about, let's talk about the pitch. The big, the big, uh, the big monster here. I don't know where to start. There's, there's so much, um, I guess let's start with the pre pitch, I guess. How would you kind of, kind of start, you know, kind of transitioning into the pitch? Yeah. The, the transition into the pitch. Um, honestly, people love to focus on Like people are terrified of the pitch. Like the pitch is a beast. And like, it just is the, everyone is like, I've got to know every word and I've got to get all this right. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. The thing is, once you offer your pit, like once you pitch five times, you've learned it, you're good. Um, the transition into the pitch, I think, is where a lot of people get. I don't think they get they get like they get um, stumped or, or whatever, but I think that they lose um, a lot of the ground that they could have gained. And it's because they forget to recap mm. what's kind of happened as the transition. So what I mean by that is, you know, you finished discovery, you've checked all the boxes in your head. You're like, this cat is going to be the best fit for my program. And I'm about to change his life. I'm stoked. This is amazing. Before you do that, before you're like, cool, cool, cool. So here's what I do. You've got this transition moment and it's going to kind of look something like this. It's going to look like, yeah, David. Okay. So like, based on what you've told me about where you're at in business right now, um, like, I get it. I get where you're trying to go. I understand we're, we're aiming for million dollar months. And right now we're at 2K months and we really need to work on whatever. <laughs> David's not doing 2K all. Um, but, you know, this is, this is where you're trying to go. This is where you've been. I mean, based on where you're at and from what we've talked about, I really think that I'm going to be able to help you. And so if you're cool with it, I'm going to kind of tell you what that looks like. Um, and we can roll from there. Is that cool? So quick recap, not, and this is people get caught up on this, that they think they have to recap literally everything someone said on a call. I've heard closers literally go through. So David, based on what you told me, when you were born on a potato farm in 1999 in South Idaho and your mom was this and your dad was this and all this, all this stuff. No, quick recap. It needs to sound natural, flying off the tongue, like a tweet of the conversation you just had. Hey, David, based on everything you told me, yeah, I totally get it. We're trying to get to million dollar months. Um, and I think that you're definitely going to have to make some changes. And you've already kind of acknowledged that we're going to have to change something to get there. I think that I've, I think I can help you. So, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to kind of tell you what that would look like. Does that sound fair? You're getting permission to pitch. So we're doing a recap. We're saying, I think this could be a, a good fit. Do you mind? if I share with you what that looks like, cool. And they're gonna say, yes, of course. Like nobody is offered help and says, no, I don't want it, right? Like not the first time anyways. 
Um, and so they're going to say yes, which is another, you're collecting those yeses throughout the call. You're, you're going, yes, yes, yes. Is that cool? Does that sound fair? Sound good? Are you ready? Yes, yes, yes. So we want to get them used to saying yes. Um, and then you're transitioning with permission. So get permission to pitch. Mm -hmm. Then the pitch is as simple as here's your problem and here's how we're going to fix it. It's hard to coach on this because it's so different for every, you know, like for sure your, your pitch and my pitch are nothing alike, mm -hmm. but there's not necessarily Completely a catch all formula, like um, simply lay out what it is that you want to do for them. And remember, mm -hmm. you got to give the what, not the how. So that's another thing people get stuck on is, they have these 15 minute pitches where they're saying, you know, and you're going to enter the program and you're going to have your onboarding call. And then you're going to move to the first thing. And we're going to have this call every single day. And on the first one, here's what you're going to learn. On the second one, here's what you're going to learn. And here's, here's what you're going to learn. And they just talk and ramble and they lose all the, all the ground you already gained. Um, so you got to remember to keep it, keep an overview of what's going to be relevant to them. How is it going to serve them? How is it, if it's customizable, how will that it serve them specifically in their situation? Um, but keep it short and simple. The, what's the kiss? Keep it simple, stupid. Um, you got to keep it simple. And, and yeah, and I imagine we'll probably get to talking about dropping the price and all that kind of stuff, but definitely give, get permission. So recap, get permission to give the pitch and then pitch your heart out, but please keep it short. Don't do those 15 minute pitches, y'all. That's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, your, your favorite thing is uh, always ask for permission all the time. You're always asking business and life. And that's, that's huge. It's huge because there's no room for them to complain or come off as like, oh, I didn't know this, 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 or there's no uncertainty that, that comes off when you say something, right? When you ask for that permission, I think that's huge. That's, it's very big. I mean, you, you, uh, you use that a lot with me too. So really my different. favorite is, uh, David, I got some thoughts for you, but it might hurt your feelings. You okay with that? And you let them figure out if they're okay with it. And then once someone gives me the yes, I am going to rip, absolutely ripping. Um, and that is literally one of my very favorite things, but yes, in life, in business, in sales, asking permission Asking permission before you can hurt someone's feelings, asking permission before you can say something that's going to rock someone's world. Honestly, a lot of people need to learn this. Asking permission before you're going to give your opinion. First of all, nobody cares about your opinion unless they ask for it. So ask them if they want it so that you can at least give it some value. Like it's got mm -hmm. some street cred to it. Um, it makes all the difference from like, from an emotional standpoint and this might be a little woo woo maybe this is just because I'm a female and so I'm like constantly things are filtered through like the emotional whatever the emotional weight of things from an emotional standpoint someone is like subconsciously realizing I have choice I'm not stuck here I'm not trapped and what you need to know is that especially once they've said yeah share your feedback and you're like great you're acting like a dirty rotten liar right now and I don't understand why you're settling for worse when you say you want this, but you're living up to this. You're literally not living like someone who deserves what you say you want. They are subconsciously not going to feel so trapped because they chose to step into that line of fire. 
that was the most aggressive thing I could have delivered in that moment. But I said, call <laughs> and I'll say it again on a call. Um, so asking permission before you give your opinion, ask permission before you give the pitch because they get to decide whether or not they want to hear about your services. Like, I think that we love to talk, um, especially, you know, like Wolf of Wall Street, all of these like big macho lone wolf, I'm so bravo, you know, like that, that this whole alpha mentality of sales, which I dig, okay? Like it's fun, yeah, cool, whatever. However, we've built this mentality based on that that like the lowly prospect is he like we are large and in charge we will smite them if we have to that kind of thing um and it just it doesn't doesn't serve people well so like they have the opportunity to tell you whether or not they want your help mm. and the truth is most people are not going to turn down an actual solution especially if you've made clear what the gap is between where they are and where they want to be after you guys talk about how they've spent, you know, 10 years twiddling their thumbs, trying to make X, Y, Z happen, and it's just not working. And here's what's going on. And conversations at the dinner table are tense and we're missing kids dance recitals because we're living stupid lives because we're trying to do it all on our own or whatever, whatever the pain may be. Once you say, I've fixed that a lot of times and I'm happy to tell you how I can fix it for you. Most people are going to be like, yes, please do share how you'll fix it for me. But you've got to ask permission. You got to ask permission before you rock someone's world. Ask permission before you pitch your services. Ask permission before you hurt someone's feelings. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Like, it changes. It really does change the game. And it changes the way you're able to communicate. I am able to have significantly more honest conversations, which are hard and holy. Mm-hmm. Because I say, like, honestly, David, I'm seeing some trends in what you're doing here. Are you like, are you open to some feedback on what I'm seeing? And you say, yeah. And it's like, you literally say you want one thing and you're doing something else. Like I, like coming from a place of love, like this is hard, whatever, you know, but like, even in my personal life, my conversations have just gotten so much more real um, and valuable by asking people, can I share, can I share what I'm seeing with you? so mm-hmm. awesome always awesome. i love it yeah there, there was one thing um that hermosi talked about yesterday that i saw and uh th- it was like an objection that the guy was like i need time to make a decision and he's like how do you flip this around so what you do is the prospect already already uh made the decision two years ago two months ago to to get to that goal but they just don't have the right method, the right vehicle. So you're there to kind of flip that around and say, listen, you already made the the decision three years ago to do X, Y, and Z, right? We're so confident in in how we're able to help you that we'll we'll actually help you get there, right? Within the next two weeks or within the next two months or something like that. Um, And I thought, I thought that was interesting because you can, you can really, flip around some of the things that they say and make them actually believe in themselves right like i think that's so important because sometimes people just need that that one up i mean i have a client that, that i don't know if he's watching this right now but i i literally have only told him like things to like how, how do i say this um he's basically paying me to to help him think through some like certain things 
and like to get past limiting beliefs and stuff like that, which is awesome. Like I personally would need that too. Like I definitely need a third perspective on things. Um, but sometimes people just need you to, to guide them through. And then when you ask for permission on it, sometimes people need that. And then it just comes off as like, Hey, like I'm here to help you. I'm not here to bash you. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that's so important. So, uh, we've been, we've been going on for about 30, 40 minutes now. Um, are there any other things that you kind of want to cover here when it comes to, when it comes to closing and sales? When it comes to closing and sales, anything else I want to cover? I mean, we've hit some good ones. We've, this has gone in a direction I didn't think it would go, which has been fun. Um, as far as closing sales, business, life, mm -hmm. Nothing to the mind that I'm like, they need to know this. I think there's not, um, you know, I don't have the golden nugget. Anyone who tries to sell you golden nuggets of like, this is your, this is your one-stop shop. This is the one thing that works. This is the trick. This is the whatever. They're, it's outdated. They're full of junk every time. Um, everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone sells different. Everyone communicates differently. I think um, ultimately, as long as you know exactly what your goal is on the call, it's to serve people well um, and to scale your impact in the world. So as long as you know, that's what I'm doing here. Um, as long as you're willing to say the hard things and say them from a place of love, even if that means saying them with your teeth, because I've been on some sales calls where I have straight up just dad spanked the prospect to no end and it's because it's what they needed or even you were just talking about um you know using doubt but it's like helping oh what were you you were talking about um like when you're helping people overcome limiting beliefs so right like you can use doubt in two different ways on a call you can enforce their doubt you can make them doubt that they're able to do this without you um mm -hmm. also Sometimes you have to diminish their doubt and, and, and speak them back up to like, you can do this. You can make this change. You've already made this decision. You mm. made this decision to lose hundred pounds 10 years ago. You made that decision. Now it's just time to do something that works, that moves the needle. Um, you get to choose, you know, how you want to use those tools. I think so. As far as sales goes, the one thing that I would want to leave people with is you never stop being a student. You have never arrived. You need to constantly be reevaluating your process, your systems, have a second set of eyes and ears on what's going on in your business, in your sales calls. If you're not reviewing your sales calls with someone else, there's a problem. There's no way that your sales calls are perfect, mm -hmm. that you called them in. I like to say even, um, so, so I work with Cole Gordon, huge name in the industry, it's training thousands and thousands of sales reps. And I tell my students this all the time. If Cole was still taking sales calls daily right now for his own company, for his own offer that he literally built with his own hands, he would have a weekly meeting set up to review his sales calls with someone else where they That's would take another pair of ears, another set of eyes on what he's doing to see how he can improve. And so in sales, you need to know that being a good student is the key to, to always improving. But once you stop, like you, it's, it's a muscle. It's, it's a muscle that you've got to keep, keep working, flexing, training, stretching yeah. different directions so that you can continue to grow it. Cause when you stop purposely getting better, you start to atrophy. 
you start to diminish, you start to slip backwards, you start to set and in, set into old habits and routines and mindsets. And so mm-hmm. that's the last thing I would leave you with. It's just that if you're selling, you have to constantly be learning, improving, evaluating. Yeah. Huge. Love it. Love it. So uh, first of all, I want to thank you taking the time here, sharing some amazing knowledge from your experiences. Um, where can people find you if they want to reach out, ask for help? Yeah. Facebook here. My Best link will spot. be here. Facebook's great. I have an email, send a carrier pigeon. I don't care. Show up with donuts. That'd be great. But Facebook's the best way. I like to tell people, especially with emails, uh, if you're going to send me bad news or tell me you hate me, you can do that with an email. Everything else, Facebook's the way. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Rock and roll, y'all.